0: Good morning, everyone. Today is the 25th of June, 2018, the 176th day of the year, with 189 days remaining. In less than a week, our year will be half empty or half full, depending upon whether we're looking over our shoulder or right straight ahead. This past Thursday morning at 6.07, with the occurrence of the summer solstice, we entered a new season and for the next couple of days, the waxing gibbous moon danced with Jupiter in the southeast evening sky. This past Friday, 74 years ago, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, which would become popularly known as the GI Bill of Rights, providing millions of military veterans with the opportunity to earn college degrees, and to purchase homes. Today, in 1876, the United States' 7th Cavalry, under Brevet Major General George Armstrong Custer, was wiped out by Sioux and Cheyenne warriors, led by Chiefs Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull, respectively. Today, in 1950, North Korea invaded South Korea, beginning the Korean War. Today, in 1967, the British Broadcasting Corporation, via the first live global link, transmitted the Beatles performing All You Need Is Love to an international audience estimated at 350 million people in 26 countries. The transmission was the product of the BBC having commissioned the Beatles to write a song containing a simple message to be understood by all nationalities. Tomorrow and Wednesday, we here in Maine, above 40 degrees north latitude, will enjoy the latest sunsets of the year. And on Thursday, just past midnight, we'll have June's full moon, the strawberry moon. As many of us have picked plenty of strawberries in June, although June's full moon has also been called the mead moon, the rose moon, the hay moon, and the hot moon, all for obvious reasons. The hot moon, actually, in the not-too-distant future, might see use as a moniker for more than one month. Novelist and short story writer Leo Tolstoy tells us, to be good and lead a good life means to give others more than one takes from them. In the past couple of years, I've become somewhat militant regarding the continued collective attempt of many fellow human beings who, either through ignorance or intentional neglect, are robbing us all of a healthy global environment. Over nine years ago the Environmental Defense Fund published a study estimating that idling cars and trucks produced 130,000 tons of heat-trapping carbon dioxide each year in New York City. This and other pollution from idling vehicles was linked to a number of health risks in addition of course to global warming. As a result, a law that limits idling to one minute in school zones there was passed. During early spring to late fall, whenever and wherever I park my motorcycle, I am likely to spend a few moments taking off or putting on my helmet and preparing to secure my bike or depart on it. Anyone idling more than a moment is likely to hear from me, pleasantly but persistently enough, up close and personal. I remind the driver about fossil fuel emissions and their contribution to global pollution and warming. Various examples of those negative effects are provided. Lately, hot off the press, no pun intended, is an article by Justin Catonoso in the June 2018 edition of the International Society of Arboriculture, Arborist News. Catanoso is a professor professor of journalism at Wake Forest University in North Carolina, and in his article, Many Tree Species in Eastern U.S. May be Unable to Adapt to Changing Climate, he alludes extensively to a recent Woods Hole Research Center of 40 eastern U.S. tree species, including balsam fir, quaking aspen, black cherry, yellow birch, red maple, sugar maple, and red spruce as being among the most vulnerable species to warming temperatures. The article also draws upon work by John Gross, an ecologist with the National Park Service's Climate Change Response Program, who addressed the concern for species migration, the potential for trees, plants, and animals to move and adapt to warming temperatures. Woods Hole scientist Brendan Rogers, lead author of the Woods Hole study, says... National park managers have small budgets to do things. Continuing with, you can treat pests. You can increase connectivity. You can try to get rid of invasive species. We can offer tools. But big picture wise, the elephant in the room is the same. We need to cut our fossil fuel emissions and stop warming. There's no getting around that. And once we all start doing that, Tolstoy might be saying, were he around to behold our number one issue, we will be giving more to each other than we are taking from each other. From Orono, Maine, here's to the last days of spring for 2018 and the first days of summer.